Come on. You ready to get into the word today? All right. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this. Some of you know this about my story. Some of you don't. I grew up the only white kid in an all-black church. And so I will preach better if you get louder today, right? Now, I'm not asking for insincere, ah, ah, right? Every once in a while shouting. But if you hear something that's good, can I tell you something? It's okay to say, that's good. Is that good? That's good. It's okay to say, I, 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 used, to, uh, I used to say all the time, it's, it's never, uh, let me, let's do this little call and response. I'm gonna say, how good? You're gonna say, so good. Are you ready? How good? So good. How good? Yeah, because when you ask somebody like, how are you doing? And they go, I'm good. Do you usually believe them? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, tell your face. No, I'm just kidding, right? You know, <clears throat> but if, so if you said, hey, how are you doing? And they went, so good. You'd be like, oh, so good. <laughs> I might actually believe you. So how good? So good. Oh, it's so good. We're gonna get into the word today. And I, I'm pumped, I'm fired up. And it's just gonna be a gymnastics meet if I'm gonna get this message in today. But I wanna start with telling you a quick story. Many, many years ago, um, when I was just kind of coming out of high school, I was, uh, I'd went away to ministry school for a while and I'd come back and I had proposed to my now wife of 12, almost 13 years. Uh, and I proposed to her and it took all the money that I had and then some. I actually bought her ring from a private jeweler at the time who took like trades and exchanges for like other random pieces of metal, right? And so like, I remember raiding my mom's jewelry box going, she doesn't wear that, she doesn't wear that, right? You know, and all that stuff and then got her blessing. And I was scrounging up everything I had just to get a ring, right? And I remember getting the ring and going, okay, that's all I have. Now I have no money left over and I've got to figure out a way to create enough money to where her dad will give me um, the blessing to actually marry his daughter. And so I remember I did this horrendous and wonderful thing. And God bless those of you who work in this industry. There's an extra jewel in your crown in heaven. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. And that was, I waited tables at a place called Taco Mac, right? Not the, not the greatest place to maybe wait tables. Shout out to Taco Mac, although, right? But I remember waiting tables at Taco Mac. And I remember I've never worked harder for less money in my life, right? Because um, <clears throat> that wasn't exactly where people go to spend lots of money. And so I remember being there in this crazy, and it was just the only job I could get. And I got it through a friend of a friend. I didn't even have to interview. I just walked in and it had to embrace the pub waiter culture. And as I was there, I remember we shared, the Taco Mac I was at shared a parking lot with an, a Mexican restaurant called La Paria, everybody. Okay, shout out to La Paria. That's some good food right there. And so I remember that. And then there was this crazy day that is called Cinco de Mayo. Now I had heard stories about Mexican restaurants and things along those lines on Cinco de Mayo, but I had actually never been there before until I was asked to work in the restaurant that was across the street from a Mexican restaurant. And so what happened was, as the night went on, the wait at the restaurant we shared parking lots with went up to three hours, three and a half hours, I kid you not, four hours. Listen, I know that the food's good, but is it four hour good? I'm not sure, right? But there they were at four hours. And what started to happen was people got so impatient. They go, oh, okay, I'm not waiting four hours for a $10 burrito. So I'm gonna walk across the street to the next best thing. We were the side chick to La Perea, right? And so we were the next best thing in that moment. And so we watched people sashay across the parking lot. And before you know it, we were slammed and the Taco Mac wait got to two hours, two and a half hours, three hours. And we were dueling three hour wait times. And literally we were so packed to the gills, our kitchen couldn't keep up. The, um, 
The dishwashers couldn't keep up. We were serving food on to-go platters because we couldn't wash dishes fast enough. I remember going to these tables of 15, 20 people and like, here's some styrofoam for you and some styrofoam for you and queso's really hot. Be careful, you're gonna burn your hands, right? And I placed it all out and I'm walking constantly in and out of the kitchen and there was this guy named Dustin. And I loved Dustin because Dustin just needed somebody to love him, right? And he was what they call the expo. And he was the guy that would get the food from the, from the assembly line and then plate it up and go, yep, 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 runner for table 13, right? And I walk in the back and Dustin is sweating profusely. He, if he was walking with the Lord, he wasn't that day, right? You know, there were things that were flying out of his mouth. I could see he was overwhelmed. He was trying to keep it together. I'm sure he was contemplating life itself in that very moment. And I'm next to him and there used to play this playlist in the kitchen. And I, now they said it was to create a calming work environment. I think it was just to muffle what was being said back there, right? You know, and, and there was this playlist that was going on. And I can't, I'll be honest with you, I can't remember the song that was on at the time, but I just remember being like, mm, 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 right? People are coming in and out. People are freaking out. There's all sorts of words that I can't definitely say, say in church being flung around. And I'm just next to Dustin, just like, uh-huh, 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 right? And I remember he is getting more and more frustrated. Now, I think in the moment that he's getting frustrated because he's overwhelmed, but he's also now getting even more frustrated because I'm not overwhelmed. And he looks at me and he goes, do you ever freak out? And I go, well, sometimes. And he goes, how on earth could you be smiling? Could you be singing? Could you be dancing? When this is our reality, and I looked him in the face, I said, Dustin, because I have something that transcends my feelings. I have something that no matter how overwhelmed I get, no matter how stressed out I get, I, get, I have something that transcends and overcomes all of it. I have this relationship with this person and his name is Jesus. And even though I've got every reason in the natural to feel overwhelmed, I've got a certainty in my spirit of who my God is. And so I'm here to tell you, Dustin, that I've just got something that is deeper than what I feel right now. Anybody got something that's deeper than what you feel in the natural? I remember, come on, we can thank God for that. And I'm thinking about that in light of this time of year, where I don't doubt that a lot of you in here are feeling stressed, overwhelmed, and even to the point where maybe you just feel weak. That it's not just overwhelming anymore that you're muscling through. Maybe you're uttering words like, you know what? I don't know that I can just keep going. I don't feel any bit of strength. Why are we always stressed? I believe very simply it's because it's always something. Here felt that way where just when you get your head above the water, here comes the next wave to try to take you out. And what is it? It's something totally different and you're going, it's always something. And we get stressed because here's what ultimately happens. The pressure that we feel is greater than our capacity or our strength. Therefore, we feel stressed. Am I preaching to anybody today? Some of you are like, how does he know, right? And whether it's the time of year because it's the year end and you're looking back over your life, maybe it's because of the hustle and bustle because you know who's getting ready to walk through your door in 14 days that you may or may not wanna see. Come on, somebody. And I'm just feeling pressure 
and weight that is greater than my capacity or my strength. And therefore, I feel stressed. So I've got good news and I've got bad news. The bad news is the pressure isn't gonna change. But the good news is, I'm here to tell you today, that your capacity, but even more than capacity, that your strength can be increased. Because here's what I've found is that the weight doesn't get lighter. The question is, can I become stronger? Because it's always going to be something. Jesus would promise, he would say, many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know what the Greek word for afflictions illustrated? It was a way of torture of where they would lay somebody down on the ground and they would take heavy stones and stack them one by one by one on top of their body until the weight got so much that actually crushed their bones. Aren't you glad you came to church for some encouragement today, everybody? He says, many are the crushings. (laughs) Many is the weight, much is it. So I have found that I can get rid of things and add new things and replace things, but it doesn't change the fact that it just feels to get heavier and heavier and heavier. And the question isn't, when will the weight stop? The question is, can I just get stronger? And how can I get stronger if I just feel so weak? I've often heard it said this way, I can't control what happens to me, but with God's help, I can choose my response. I can't always control my season, but I can always control my spirit. I I, I might not have done anything in the natural to justify how I feel, but what I can control always is my spirit. The weight's not getting any lighter, but the question is, can I, and not just can I, how do I get stronger? I've come to this realization in and of myself that I cannot live the life that God has for me, called me to live, or frankly, even the life that I desire on my own. I can't do it. It doesn't matter how many gifts I have. It doesn't matter how many people I know. It doesn't matter how much money I have. None of it actually contributes. The only way that I can fulfill the mission that God has given me to be a great dad, to be a great husband, to be a great friend, to be a leader, a pastor, whomever I'm called to be, I can't do it separate from God. So that stands to reason that if God is the source of my strength, that every time I'm weak is there's a chance that I'm actually no longer connected to God. Now, not a disconnect in the sense of I lose my salvation, but in the sense of he is my source of everything. He is my source of joy, peace, grace. It doesn't matter, it is only found in that. But the reason we lose so much hope is because, as I said, we feel overwhelmed. And maybe you feel overwhelmed because of shock that's hit you suddenly. Maybe you feel overwhelmed because of deep sorrow of what the year maybe looks like. For some of you, December is a tough time of year because of who's maybe no longer with you or who you wished would still be with you. I'm feeling overwhelmed because of great sorrow or struggle or guilt or defeat. And I realized in these moments that when I feel overwhelmed and when I panic, it's because I've realized that actually I'm not enough. I'm not strong enough 
smart enough, gifted enough, because even my best efforts still fall short. But God wasn't asking just for my best efforts. He was asking for me to be connected to him. It's the only source of my strength. So you ever come in to church sometimes and you're worshiping, but really you're worshiping and you're watching? Have you seen who else is worshiping? And you're like, ooh, they've been through something. <laughs> or you find those people who get what I like to call the, the resting church face, right? <laughs> Our singers are up here pretty much doing jazzercise and some of y'all are just like. <laughs> and you don't realize it until our media team posts something on social media and you went, that's the post that you went, look at my face. I got that resting church face where I'm not participating, I'm just looking. Well, this is, my, this is my favorite right here. Look like you're waiting on a bus, right? You know, like you ever just, you ever just been worshiping, but you really, you watching? You find the guys who, um, <laughs> you find the guys with the alligator arms are just like. Or the, guy, or the fisherman one, how big was the fish? The fish was this big, right? You know what I mean? You, you know that or the, the carry the plasma. These, this is my guy. So, the TV is heavy. <laughs> You see some people where here we are in the middle of praise, of worship, and yet it seems as though something isn't connecting because I've got this heaviness, this overwhelmed nature, and the best that I have is just the leftovers that you see. And there's this source that Jesus promises us. Actually, Nehemiah would write about it. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. You've heard it before. Familiar portion of scripture, it says, don't be dejected and sad for the joy. Everybody say joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if joy is the source of my strength, that means without joy, I can only be weak. The absence of joy is weakness. The presence of joy is strength. And so I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling weak. But the only way to gain strength is to get joy. But how many of you have heard a million messages where the, the pastor or preacher or whoever's up there speaking just goes, choose joy. And you're like, how? You just do it. But how? But choose joy. I'm trying. Right? You know, you're like, I'm singing every joyful song that I know, but my face is still hurting. Right? And joy is the source of my strength. So the opposite is true without joy. I am weak. Charles Spurgeon would say it this way. He says, believers are not dependent upon circumstances for their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are, not from where they are, but from whose they are, not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord. Ooh, that's good right there. I'm not dependent on my circumstances for joy, but rather I've got something deeper. And the problem is, here's what I think so many people are on the mission for. Not just people in the church, humanity is. Statistics would back this up with the rise of those who are struggling to maintaining their mental health. The number of people who are prescribed things to help them sleep or calm their anxiety or panic attacks. Everybody is in the pursuit of peace. I'm trying to find peace. Whatever I can do, just so I can get peace. 
But let me tell you that a lot of us are looking in the wrong place. Watch this, Galatians chapter five. Are you still with me? I'm just laying some groundwork and then we're gonna go real deep, real fast. Galatians chapter five, you know it well. Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galatia after talking about living a life according to the flesh, what it produces. Then he says, but let me tell you what the Holy Spirit produces. It says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Watch this, the first one is what? Let's try it again. The first one is what? Love. Now here's the thing about that word love. That word love is the word agape. Everybody say agape. Now there's many different Greek words for the word love. There's way more words in the Greek language than there are the English language, which is why anytime you're reading your Bible, it's good to have a commentary or some sort of Greek or Hebrew dictionary next to it so you can get the full revelation of what's actually being said. Because there isn't always great English words that directly correlate to the Greek word or the Hebrew word. So the word agape is one of the many words, probably the most common one we hear used in, in church vernacular, agape, but agape is love, is the love of God that the world cannot receive. That only people in relationship with him can receive that kind of love. It's not a phileo, it's not this romantic, it's not this intimate love. It is this love that can only be received by people who have embraced and come into relationship with Jesus. That's it. So it's important to know that because watch this. It says love, and then what's the next one? Joy, and then peace. But can I tell you something? You'll never have joy if you don't have agape love, and you'll never have peace until you have the joy that is produced from that agape love, and you'll never have patience until you have peace, and never have kindness until you have patience, you'll never have goodness until you have kindness, faithfulness until goodness, gentleness until faithfulness, or, and look at the one that's left at the end, self-control. You ain't gonna have any self-control until you first have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, everybody, right? You know, it's, it just won't happen. So the doorway to peace is actually through the door of joy. You will never have peace if you don't feel strength. And so some of us are just trying to cut the line and go, yeah, 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 love, yeah, 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 joy, but give me peace. And God says, it doesn't work that way. It is this progression that I have instituted through relationship with me that first you've got to understand and receive my love. Why do you think Pastor Ashley talks so much about it's not my love for God that matters, it's God's love for me that matters? Because it's not until I understand just how fully loved that I am that every time I'm in worship, every time that I pray, you know what changes first? my face. <laughs> now I come into many prayer meetings and worship times like you guys do, right? I'm just, I'm just heavy from the week that was, or I'm tired. Believe it or not, I do get tired. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, do you ever just like, I'm like, yeah, when I sleep, right? And that's about it. But I'm tired, but just a moment in his presence, just a moment in worship, just a moment in prayer. The first thing that changes in me is my countenance, it is my face. It is something that shines greatly through me and before I get to peace, I first experience joy. And so for those of you who are on the pursuit of peace, it only comes through the door of joy. 
for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you still believe that, everybody? Because the fruit of the Spirit is God's best. It is the result of intimacy with Him. It is the result of communion with Him. It is the result of being with Him, laboring with Him, delighting in Him. And with, it is God's best. And without God's best, I'll never come close to being who I'm called to be or who God wants me to be. I just won't be enough. I won't be enough. I have found, I shared this story last time and I won't go into the length of it, but I shared a story about several years ago in 2017, dealing with this really bad bout of panic attacks and all the things that went into that and what God was trying to break off of my life was control. And then every time, every time since then that I've been anxious or I've been panicking or things along those lines, it's because I'm still trying to muscle control, but I'm coming to this revelation that even my best still isn't good enough. Can I tell you something? It's the danger of being gifted. Because the Bible says that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. So just the fact that I can work a gift does not mean I'm in right standing with God. How do we see so many people in the secular world come to all sorts of success and fame? The question isn't, are they gifted? Because the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. I don't have to be in communion with God to have a gift, but I can be lured into the fact that I'm good because I'm gifted. When only he is good and he is the giver of all good things. And so can we just thank God that he's still the giver of all good things just for a minute. And so how do I do it? How do I get joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah, choose joy, woo! But how? Can I say something? Joy is strengthened in worship because worship is love expressed. Worship isn't worship without love or without it being expressed. So the way that I get joy is out of worship. John chapter four, verse 23, Jesus speaking, he says this, yet a time is coming and has now come that when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers, look at this, the Father seeks. Not emotional worshipers, I just feel like it today. You've lied to yourself if you think every time I walk on the stage, I'm feeling like it. <laughs> or sometimes I'm like, girls, can y'all sing a little bit louder? because your brother ain't feeling it today. Second Chronicles 16, nine says this, for the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen, to do what? To strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking, he's like, who's committed? Here comes strength. Who's committed? Here comes strength. He's looking to and fro through the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are not partially committed, not just 90 minute committed on a Sunday, but rather are devoted and fully committed to him. The word worship in the Greek, which your New Testament is written in, means, watch this, to kiss. Now, not in a romantic kind of way. Some of you were like, hello. <laughs> not in a romantic kind of way. You know what it's the image of? You ever, how many of you have a dog at home? Anybody have a dog at home? God bless you. Okay, so those of you who have dogs at home, my in-laws have a dog at home and her name's Ginger. And she's a little golden doodle, right? And the second you walk in the house, what do you hear? 
And then what is she do? She goes over to you and she goes. And you're just like, I just washed these hands. I don't want to know what you've been licking. Right? And what are they, she's, she's just jumping and she's just going and she's like. I mean, just, nobody filmed that, all right? Some of you were like, this is a perfect Instagram moment. I will delete my Instagram. All right, anyways. And what is that dog doing? Oh, they're home. Oh, they're home. Oh, they're home. Would you touch me? Look at me, look at me, look at me. I love you, 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 I love you. Right, it's like, it's that, it's uh, Buddy the Elf, right? Love you, and I'm singing, and I love you, right? It's just this outrageous, lavishing moment. That, it's the image of this dog running home to its owner or running to the first person who walks to the door and goes, I love you. That's the image of the word worship in the Greek. Some of y'all worshiping God like a cat. (laughs) You again. How many of you know all dogs go to heaven? Come on, somebody. All right, so. Ain't no B-side to that tape that says cats. There's a special place for them. I won't tell you where they are, right? So. Sorry, all right. Psalm 98 says this, verse one, it says, sing to the Lord, sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. Has he been wonderful to anybody? It says his right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power for the Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. For he has remembered, he has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. And to the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. So shout to the Lord, all the earth, break out in praise and sing for joy. But sing your praise to the Lord with a harp. Anybody pack their harp this morning, right? And with the harp and melodious, that's how we're gonna say it, song, stay in school, kids, right? And with trumpets and the sound of a ram's horn for make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout its praise. Let the earth and all things living it join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth and he will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Psalm 66 says this, shout joyfully praises to God, all the earth, and sing about the glory of his name and tell the world how glorious he is. Psalm 47, come everybody, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise for the Lord most high is awesome and he is the great king of all the earth. He's worthy of praise everybody. So clapping is not some sort of style. It is what we were created to do and all of creation embodies it for us. And yet some of us, and I love you, but can't put our coffee down for four songs to clap our hands or lift our hands. But here's the thing, we can do it in so many other environments. Pick a stadium, any stadium on a Saturday or a Sunday. What are they doing? Losing their minds over people who don't even know their name. 
while they trade a piece of leather from this side to this side, to this side, to this side. Don't tell me, it's just not my style. When it seems as though we can give praise and worship to everything else other than the one who is worthy of our praise and our worship. But I know that some of you go, this is too much, it's too far. People are gonna look at me weird. Can I tell you something? They already think you're weird. <laughs> you ever seen somebody in worship? I know our eyes are supposed to be on Jesus, but we all had a group confessional moment where we, we worship and we watch every once in a while. You ever seen somebody going after God and worshiping away? And you're like, at first you're like, man, that's kind of weird. I need you to calm down. But there's really a secret part of you that goes, oh, I wish I could worship that way. Because they're, there's something about their worship. They're going through stuff. They've maybe been through stuff. Or maybe they just have a revelation of how good their God is. And they realize it's not a style, but it's just that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. As long as my arms move, I'm gonna move them. As long as my voice works, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna shout, I'm gonna declare the goodness of my God. And I really don't care what other people think. David was being reprimanded by his wife verbally going, how foolish can you be? You look like an idiot. And he goes, hey, let me just tell you something. I'll become more undignified than this because David had such a revelation of what his praise, what his worship unlocked. How could he ever rule a kingdom if he didn't know how to worship? How could he ever be a husband if he didn't know how to praise? How could he ever fulfill the mission that God has placed on his life unless David was the king that literally hired musicians and singers to 24 seven through the kingdom courts during his reign were constantly playing worship, singing worship, sun up to sundown, because he understood that there's only one thing that is worthy of my worship and worthy of my praise. There's only one source to this joy. There's only one source to my peace. There's only one source to my strength. And his name is Jesus. And I, he deserves everything that I have. And I'm trying to get peace, but I'll never have peace if I don't have joy. How can I get joy if I don't give God my best in worship? So this is how I'm gonna end for the sake of time. Is we're gonna look at really quickly the seven Hebrew words for praise. Seven Hebrew words for praise. What does it mean to worship with everything? Because I'm just trying to get joy because I know the outside I might, some of us might have our resting church face. Others of us has, have mastered the fake smile. But really I can sense it because I know that I've felt it. Transparently, I've felt it more. I have felt more weight in the last probably three months for whatever reason, not because I'm doing any more than I've ever done. Although that's probably somewhat true. Put another quarter on my back, see what I'll do next. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I felt this heaviness and I've realized the thing that tries to keep getting robbed from me is my personal worship. Because you know when I feel the best? Sunday's here with you. And as much as I love you, it's because if I'm honest, sometimes Sunday is the only day that week because the devil's come and try to interrupt my schedule and. Tell me I'm not doing enough here or doing enough there. And sometimes, if I'm honest, 
Sunday's the only time that I've given God my best worship. And then I feel convicted and go, would I worship him that way if you weren't here? Because it's not a performance, but what does it mean to give God my everything in worship? Well, let's look at it together. Are you still with me? I'm gonna do this rapid fire in the next seven minutes. Band, you can come. Get behind and save the preacher today. Worship everything. First word we're gonna look at is Hallel. Everybody say Hallel. Hallel, here we go. You ready? This is where we get the word hallelujah from. And it means to rave. No, not that kind of rave, right? But to rave. Get out your glow sticks, everybody. To boast, to celebrate. Look at this. To be clamorously foolish. Psalm one, sorry, one. Psalm 35 verse 18 says, I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will hallel, I will boast, I will celebrate, I will be calamitously foolish. I will do that to you before, where? All the people. Because I, I understand that there's a praise, there's an expression of worship on the inside of me that doesn't just set me free, but has the ability to set those around me free. So it's Hillel, second word is this, yada. Everybody say yada. That's not Yoda, that's the little green guy, right? But yada means to, watch this, here we go, for all of you that I just worship in private. Here you go, to acknowledge in public. Some of you say, my faith is private. Congratulations, but can I tell you something? That's not biblical. Ooh, I promise Pastor Ashley's coming back soon. Okay, Psalm 138, verse one, just a smack and a cuddle, right? Psalm 38, verse one says this, I will praise you in public, O Lord, with all of my heart. I love the absolutes in scripture. My favorite word in the whole Bible is the word all. Because you don't see like, when it's convenient, just a little percentage, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So much absolutes in scripture, it just, it, it challenges me. Third word is barach. Everybody say barach. Now you gotta say it like the Greeks would with a little phlegm in your throat, barach. There you go, you just spit on your neighbor. All right, barach. It says to bless by kneeling or bowing. To receive something from God, to present yourself to God, to receive his blessing, his joy, his strength, his peace, the fruit of the spirit. Psalm 103 verse one says this, praise the Lord, barak before the Lord, oh my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. The fourth word is zamar, everybody say zamar. This is what we're getting ready to do. It's making music to God with strings. Come on somebody, some of y'all are like, I don't like guitars, you're not gonna like heaven. <laughs> all right, so making music to God with strings or with instruments. Psalm 92 verse one, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Psalm 150, it's the last Psalm, 150 Psalms, longest book of the Bible. The last Psalm 150 verses three and five says this, praise him with the tambourine. Anybody bring a tambourine today? Leave it at home. All right, so praise him with the tambourine and dancing and praise him, some of y'all just got that joke, praise him with the strings and the flute. Let's bring the flautist out in Jesus' name. Here we go, it's biblical. Praise him with the clashing of cymbals. Praise him, I love how it repeats it, the resounding cymbals. Hit that cymbal hard. Thank you. Garrett Scriven, everybody. Some of you say, it's too loud. Now, sometimes I'll give you this, it is too loud. We need to work on our volume sometimes. But can I tell you something? Heaven's not quiet. Amen. 
All right, stop clapping. I get through this. Number five. I told the kids team I would end on time. Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. Woo, I love this. There's a song we used to sing in church uh, when we were little. It would go Shabbat. Hallelujah. Shabbat. Praise the Lord. Come on. These are the super saints right here. I hear I'll see them. Shabbat. It means to address in a loud tone. To shout. So be like, they're, they're, why are you so loud? I'm just Shabbatin. Psalm 63, verses three and four says this, because of your love, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will Shabbat you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Number six, Toda. We had Yada, and we got Toda. <laughs> right, all right, Toda. Once again, to lift hands in adoration. Notice how none of these say, stand still and be quiet. Some of y'all have taken that verse that David wrote, said, be still and know that I'm in, I am God, to mean shut up and be quiet. When David wrote, be still and know that I'm God, he, it was a calm your nerves and your anxiety. Let there be a stillness in your innermost being and know that he is fighting for you. It did not mean sit down, shut up, stop doing things. It said, have a stillness to know my God has got it under control. I just feel like preaching this morning. Psalm 50 verse 23 says this, he who offers praise glorifies me, lifting hands in adoration. And to him that orders his conversation aright will sow the salvation of God. And lastly, number seven, tahila. Everybody say tahila. It's not tahila, right? It is tahila. Although it does the same thing. It means exuberant singing, right? Some of you are like, I found my verse. No, you don't. <clears throat> tahila. Psalm 34 verse one says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His tequila will always be on my lips. <laughs> Some of y'all highlighted a verse for the very first time today. And it was that one. Psalm 108 verses one and three says this, Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. That word, first word praise is the word zamar, which means in music. Even with my glory, I will praise. That word praise is the word yada. This is why you need to read a commentary alongside. These are different words every time. Yada, in public. Thee, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing praises, tahila, on my lips, everybody, unto thee among the nations. And so it's not a style, it's biblical. And the thing that breaks my heart, I never wanna see anything that's insincere. I'm never sitting here trying to manipulate you, try to get you to do something. But you know what I am always here doing? Is to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone and to worship God with everything. And as long as there's breath in my lungs, as long as I got mobility in my limbs, He's the only thing that's worthy of my praise. He's the only thing. Come on, we can thank God. He's the only thing worthy of my worship. And so my charge to you this morning is to get involved in worship. Get involved corporately. It's never easier to sound good than in a room full of people. You can sound like scuttle by yourself, but together we sound. Some of y'all at home like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> And you thankfully said, make a joyful noise and not a pleasant sounding one, right? You know, it's like, we all got in. But 
I wanna encourage you to take your next step in worship. Because in a minute, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to, to try it out. This is what some of y'all are gonna do. Because it just feels weird to keep my hands up. Or some of y'all are gonna get just the toe tap it going. You're going from the coffee hole to the toe tap. We're all on a journey. I'm not expecting jazzercise or Taibo every morning. Although if you want to, let's go. Every, every Sunday, my watch is like, you just completed a workout, right? But I'm looking for peace because I just feel so weak. But I'll find strength to the doorway of joy that will get me to peace. But the way joy is strengthened, because the weight's not, I, I wish I had better news, but the weight's not getting any lighter. Because why? It's always something. You could quit your job today. My job's the source of whatever. Can I tell you something? Something else is waiting for you. And you're gonna go, that job wasn't so bad. The weight's not getting lighter. Question is, can I get stronger? And it's not that I gotta do more, but can I continue to strengthen myself in the Lord for the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when I have strength, I have peace, but I'll never have peace if I don't have joy and I'll never have joy if I don't have a revelation of how much God loves me in hopes that one day I'll get some self-control. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do two things. We're gonna sing a song. We're gonna take up our regular weekly tithes and offerings and I'm gonna send you out to have a joyful week, everybody. My charge to you is for you to protect your worship time at home, in your car, with your kids. Moms and dads, your kids need to see you worship. Some of you only worship in this room when you're separate from your kids. And your desire for your child is for them to, and we're teaching them, teaching them how to worship. Can I tell you something that they will embody far more than us teaching them while we're in our kids' ministry is when they see mom and dad worship. When the songs that come on your stereo and your car rides, I'm not here to be legalistic, but I am saying the most transformative thing to a child is to see a mom and a dad fully devoted to Jesus. So I'm telling you in this season, protect your worship. But I'm also telling you in times when we're in public, we're together, to see joy, to see strength arise, you'd be surprised how much strength comes just in, the, just in the simple posture of surrender. You'd be surprised how much strength comes when you lift your voice, when you clap your hands. And you'll su be surprised how much heaviness falls off of you when you, when you choose to worship even when you don't feel like it. Because it's a promise to us. For love is the doorway to joy. And joy is the doorway to peace. The weight's not getting any lighter, but I promise you, he's given us an ability to get stronger.